0: Hi, I'm Deborah Hamilton. Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? Ten years ago, with my iPhone and a script, I recorded the first episode of the Ultimate Pet Resolution Summit, which chatted with experts about conflicts over animals. Our conversations were intimate, honest, and illustrated how disagreements over animals occur and how those disagreements can reshape people's lives and relationships. In November 2019, I started Why Do Pets Matter, a new podcast that continued these informative discussions. I'm so excited to have you here with me, continuing my exploration into a more meaningful conversation about why pets matter to all of us. My guests and I will share ideas, stories, and experiences straight from the heart, unscripted and holistic. From the bravest moments to the most brokenhearted, we will explore how to resolve disagreements over animals differently. One thing I know for sure is I want to have more meaningful conversations that will help all of us unlock that deeply felt human-animal bond that drives the emotions of conflict. Today, we speak with Scott Fine, founder of Joey's Legacy, and the story behind the new book, Joey's Legacy. Scott talks in depth about veterinary accountability and responsibility. It's important to know your rights and how to resolve disagreements. Welcome back to Why Do Pets Matter, the podcast that talks about why pets matter to us. And I'm so thrilled to be here with Scott Fine. He was on podcast 12, and I was so thrilled to talk to him and learn more about his uh, Facebook page, Joey's Legacy, but now he's written a book with J.L. Robb, Joey's Legacy, Seeking Truth and Integrity in Veterinary Medicine, which has been a huge success going forward. It tells the stories of many interactions with veterinarians that need to be told. So without further ado, Scott, thanks so much for coming back on Why Do Pets Matter? Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. And I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited about this book and getting all these stories out there.
1: Yes, we uh, we have a lot of stories to tell. And there's a lot that the uninformed public needs to know. And right. uh, JL Robb has stepped in and done that for us.
0: And Tell me a little bit about how you met JL, Rob, and what enticed him into finding this the right time to talk about animals, especially now during COVID, where animals have become so much more important, and the new veterinary protocol where we don't even go in with our dogs.
1: So I had a regular breakfast meeting with a friend of mine. We've been doing that for a while. And he brought a book that JL wrote, part of his seven-book series called The End, and he said, I want you to read this book. This guy is a, a different kind of an author. So I took the book. I read uh, the first half of the book, and I was, it was pretty compelling. So I finished the book, and I said to my friend, i got to get in touch with this guy because i got an idea that I want to run by him and see if he'd be interested. So he put me in touch with, uh, with JL. We traded emails for a few days, and then uh, we uh, had a phone call. And I asked him if he'd be interested in um, exposing what needs to be exposed. Uh, and I told him a little bit about it. And he said, you know, I've been an animal over for years. I've, I've had uh, five great Danes. I believe he's on his sixth great Dane right now. And uh, I've had nothing but great experiences with veterinarians. I said, he, uh, I said, you've never had a bad experience. He said, no, I've been with the same vet for 35 years. I said, okay. Well, let me tell you, there's a there's another uh, you know part of that universe that uh, a lot of people do know about, it, and you're obviously one of them, and I was one of them for the longest time. And um, would you be interested in telling the story? And we talked a little bit more, and he said, yeah, I think that's something that needs to be told. And so uh, he picked up the ball and ran with it right from that day, and uh, we've been putting the book book together ever since, and it's, uh, it should be released in. Uh, Hopefully mid-December.
0: Wow, that is so good to know. It's you know, it's really interesting the concept of educating people on what they need to know, what they need to ask, so they have a great relationship like you had with your vet before something happened, and how jail rob had Has a great relationship with his vet because nothing's ever happened. So tell me a little bit more about what you're trying to educate the public about so that they can be, um, you know, great consumers and great partners with their veterinarians.
1: Okay, so let me just start off by saying I want to be very clear that most of us acknowledge the fact that the majority of the 70,000 plus veterinarians in the United States in small animal practice are caring, compassionate individuals. They entered the profession because they have a profound love for animals and they do want to provide exemplary care. And we understand that we focus on the subset of that 70,000 that when things go wrong and negligent acts occur, which are unexpected acts. And we understand that we want to be told the truth. We want the veterinarian to be totally transparent about what happened, the events that led to the permanent injury or the demise of our loved ones. We don't want to be, uh, pardon me, BSed. We don't want to be told uh, fantasy accounts of what happened. All we want is the truth. So this is all about truth, integrity, Honesty and transparency, regardless of what happened. We do not demand perfection. Veterinarians are human, just like the rest of us. Unexpected events happen. Car accidents, heart attacks, things happen. We understand that. We just don't want to be lied to. We don't want to be demeaned, demoralized. And so that's what this book is about. These are about stories. This book is about stories of our members, experiences that our members had with veterinarians that chose the unprincipled, undisciplined path that included dishonesty.
0: It's so impactful that you brought people together to tell their stories because it is sometimes um, fear and defensiveness that make people act in a certain way. And what I'm hearing you say, which I completely agree with is, We have to take responsibility and accountability for mistakes that are made. And in doing so, the likely outcome will be so much better for the veterinarians because as I said at the beginning of this, we want to be partners with our veterinarian. We can only be partners, full partners with our veterinarians if they have honesty, integrity, accountability and take responsibility.
1: And you know what Deborah, that's exactly right on because Uh, literally three out of four of the members in my group that have had uh, a a negligent or what I call a vet mal experience for short, have told me if the veterinarian had just come to me right after it happened, come out of the room where it happened, bring me back into the office, sit me down and demonstrate genuine remorse and contrition, and provide comfort and explain exactly what happened step by step. I might not have taken these extra steps, which included uh, filing a complaint against the vet with the state board. Uh, I might not have gone to uh, Google and Yelp and, uh, you know, put negative reviews. His his or her dishonesty, duplicity, inspired me to act out of character. And I could have probably found a path to forgiveness. Now, not everybody says this. And quite honestly, to be perfectly candid with you, I'm not sure I could have ever done that. But I was very taken aback by how many people actually said that to me. So there is forgiveness for negligent acts that lead to, uh, you know, unfortunate outcomes, tragic outcomes.
0: your death, right. And I want to tell the podcast listeners because we talked about this in depth in podcast 12. So don't forget to go back and listen to Scott's first interview here on Why Do Pets Matter? Because we talk about Joey. Um, But in this podcast, what we're attempting to do is really flesh out what pet owners expect from their relationship with their veterinarians. And if that isn't, Um, met, if that relationship isn't met, then bad things happen to both sides. Because I know I've read a number of the people's um, posts on Joey's legacy, and they are shells of themselves because of the pain and suffering they're going through from the loss of their animals. So these people are really living in um, for lack of a better word, hell, because they've lost their animals. So they are it can't even be like you said, I don't even know if I could have forgiven then, but you were never given that opportunity because people weren't um, taking responsibility, accountability and being transparent, which is so Incredibly important. I have a vet's interview that I'm go that I did for Why Do Pets Matter, Stacy Santee, where she talks about being completely transparent. Her vet in her office, her boss, told her, "You need to take ownership of this and let the chips fall where it may." And the owners turned to her and said, "You'll never treat our dog again, but we forgive you." And I know in my office, when people call the first time, when they're still trying to talk to their veterinarian about what happened their first words out of their mouth are, I don't want this to happen to anybody else again. And if we can give clients the skills to foster conversation in a way that puts veterinarians at ease and also teach veterinarians how to communicate better and be more at ease with accountability, responsibility, and transparency, I think less of these um, just debilitating um encounters will occur. Well, absolutely right. I mean, you know,
1: part of the, uh, the, the, uh, the vet that decides to take the unprincipled path, part of the, uh, destruction that they cause is that they actually prevent a certain amount of closure from happening. So we not only deal with the grief, the shock and the anger, And the the demoralization from realizing that we've been lied to, not been told the truth about everything in my, in my mind, it literally prevents a certain amount of closure from taking place. And that lasts forever. It's been over three years for Joey. And I still have my very weak moments when I look at uh, pictures that are sent to me by some of our newer members, the stories that are told. It's very uh, difficult. It's, it will always be difficult being in a position I'm in. But I feel that I need to continue to do what I do until there's a market change, if there ever will be, in the attitudes of the unprincipled in the industry. And until I stop receiving 10 to 15 requests for assistance from people all over the country and all over the world, for that matter, for it's- this very sad situation.
0: It's it's so important for this to be top of mind for both pet owners and for veterinarians because it's in their hands to solve this problem. Um, it's interesting. I spoke to a veterinarian this afternoon who's also an attorney, and we both talked about how to teach veterinarians to communicate and how to teach pet owners how to communicate so everybody has a good communication um, pathway so they can ask, feel competent to ask questions, feel confident to not be defensive when they ask them or when they answer them. And the interesting thing that she pointed out was that getting into vet schools um, is is an imperative. Getting into um, big vet practices is an imperative because what you wanna do is you want to sort of, so I'm an attorney and, when I speak to my defense colleagues who are malpractice defense attorneys, they are not helpful to veterinarians. And Scott, you and I talked about this on the first podcast. Well, they're not helpful in having their clients take accountability upfront. They sort of want them to wait until they're sued. And, you know, that's why we got together, because I'm always raising my hand saying that is such a wrong choice to make because the pet owner needs what you said. They need closure. They need accountability. They need transparency. um, And they just need for for the main word in this entire discussion, compassion and empathy about what happened here.
1: And you know what? That's exactly right. And aren't we taught? Aren't we taught a similar principle when we're when we're children? Be honest, tell the truth. It's always the best path. But you, you know, w- veterinarians are afraid of, of being sued, so they refuse to admit anything. And, and you know, it's kind of like Deborah, I, I liken this to: uh, it, this is not a case where you're being accused of a capital crime. And if you admit it, it you know, there's a there's a clear path to life in prison or worse. I mean, this is, this is a, a, a civil matter. I'm not, by no means am I trying to diminish it, but the, the, the better path is to just tell the truth, show that you have a certain amount of integrity. You know, the integrity is telling the truth, no matter if it benefits you or not. And it will benefit every veterinarian that chooses the unprincipled path at first, if they tell the truth, if they're totally honest with the caregiver, because, you know, we have a vet team. I have to be honest with you. We have a vet team you know, they come back with seven out of 10 cases that they review indicate malpractice. There's only about three out of 10 cases where they say the vet did not do anything wrong. It's the caregiver that's just lashing out because of their grief and their anger and their shock, and they feel they need to blame somebody. Well, that's what the unprincipled vet does when he or she comes out with their story. They try to blame the caregiver or somebody else for the demise of the pet. It, it, there's nothing good about what they do. So I always try to, in some of my posts, I always try to say if, if, if they would only, uh, you know, if they would only uh, follow the, the path of their revered professional colleagues that live their veterinarian oath every day, things would be a lot better. You know, Deborah, In 2006, veterinarians were number three as the most respected profession behind nurses and pharmacists. Suffice it to say they're no longer number three. And we want to see their ranking rise back to where they were because we love our loved ones. We love our pets. And we want their caregivers, veterinarians, to be as good as they can be. And that's what we're really all about at Joey's Legacy.
0: You know, Scott, it's so important because um, it's it's a collaborative relationship. So veterinarians don't necessarily gain the skills in vet school now because it's so academic to have a collaborative conversation with pet owners, which actually builds the base for Feeling comfortable taking responsibility, accountability, and transparency because the fear is instilled in them by some of my colleagues who are defense attorneys who say, "Don't say anything. Call your, you know, malpractice provider," and then the malpractice provider goes into their song and dance because it's not in their best interest to have the vet, you know, own up to anything. And I find, you know, veterinarians now are the um, highest incident of suicide, and. You know, my thought is that you know they easy access to products. So that's why they can do um, suicide more easily. But my other piece is they're getting a lot of bad advice. A lot of them would love to chat. I mean, this veterinarian who's going to be on a podcast soon, um, she said, "You know, my vet told me that I had to do what was right." And I did, but do you know how many veterinarians I've spoken to who did what was right against the interests of management and um, were fired? And so this is the story that's going on as well. When the veterinarians do stand up and say, listen, I made a mistake, I'm so sorry, and then their licenses are reviewed, and, and they really do take accountability, they risk their job, which which is wrong, but we have, a, I think since 2006, we have a whole different business plan for veterinary medicine, which makes it even more difficult for veterinarians to be what they might want to be. And the advice they're getting doesn't support them be living in integrity.
1: Well, and that's really unfortunate because, you know, if it comes down to a a choice of, uh, you know, an ethical and a moral compass and living your life that way, or protecting your livelihood and your, uh, You know, in your income, they obviously have to make a choice. And unfortunately, a lot of them make the wrong choice, which affects so many people. And many of them come to our group for assistance.
0: Right. And the choice is really not theirs to make because, as you know, the cost of going into veterinary school is huge. Their student loans are huge. They come out, they don't make a lot of money. And so they need to keep this job. So it is it is my mission, as you know, which is why we're together on this call. It's my mission to create that um, administration which supports veterinarians to do just but what you you want. You want them to be competent. You want them to admit when they weren't competent. You want transparency, honesty, integrity, accountability, responsibility. But that comes not just in the veterinarian themselves, which it might be there, but also in the administration of veterinary medicine from the highest levels.
1: And, and I understand that. And part of the reason this book is being written by J.L. Robb is to expose a lot of this make people aware that they need to advocate better for their loved ones Uh, when they when they engage a veterinarian if there is any issue with the veterinarian uh, they have to remember that they are paying the veterinarian veterinarians not paying them if they're not comfortable with the vet they need to engage with another veterinarian because a lot of times when this relationship is not smooth when it's broken when there is a certain amount of consternation involved. That's when things sometimes go wrong. Lack of communication is a big problem. You know, we we had we had a case recently where um, something went wrong. The vet was, uh, to my knowledge, honest and forthcoming about the events that took place. And the uh, caregiver said, I want a necropsy and the vet said, Okay, I'll do it. And of course, that's a, a glaring conflict of interest. Uh, the caregiver was uh, astute enough to say, "No, it's okay. I'll take my, uh, I'll take my my pet somewhere else." They took it somewhere else, and uh, the the results of the necropsy were totally different than what the uh, the, the original vet told the caregiver, uh, which was that the uh, patient was loaded with cancer, and when they opened the patient up, the patient passed away, and the other uh, veterinarian that did the necropsy. Said there was no cancer in this dog. They incised the uh, small intestine, uh, which caused, obviously, uh, internal bleeding. They weren't able to control the bleeding. Uh, patient went into cardiac arrest and passed away. So, unfortunately, the, the caregiver has to be uh, alert 24-7, so to speak, when it There's comes to 50. these matters.
0: Absolutely. They have to be vigilant in their discussion. They have to really advocate for themselves and their dogs and really be a partner with their veterinarian. um, So the veterinarian doesn't feel as if they have to tell a lie to get, to get ahead. I mean, that just is unconscionable.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. So uh, we are, like I said, we are looking forward to the release of this book. We think it's going to uh, tell a lot to a lot of people we have also made a decision to fund the purchase and shipment of 50 books to 50 boards of veterinarians, uh, boards of veterinary medicine, one in each state. Uh, hopefully they'll, someone will take time to read the book, but we feel we'll, we we've done our um, due diligence by doing that. We are also going to send copies to all schools of veterinary medicine in the United States because. We want all of this that we are going to provide in the book to be told to as many people as possible. We want we have books that have been pre-ordered all over the world in the U.K., in Italy, Australia, and even, I even believe Japan. A few people in our group have uh, pre-ordered the book. So this book will go worldwide and hopefully uh, open some eyes, maybe even get on the bestseller list. That's what we're hoping for.
0: Well, I know that what you're truly hoping for is for that relationship between pet owners and veterinarians to become more sacred, more open, absolutely transparent, so that through these stories, veterinarians can get the strength to say, no, I'm going to talk to my client honestly, and the pet owner is going to say, no, I'm going to ask my veterinarians questions that are difficult because we have that kind of relationship where they feel, and they know, the veterinarian feels and knows, that they can talk honestly to their client.
1: And that's exactly the point I make in the, uh, the last... Uh, Closing paragraphs of my content that I've provided. Uh, We look forward to the day that the veterinary profession can rise back toward the top of the most respected list. That veterinarians won't have uh, any issues with being completely uh, truthful and transparent under any circumstances. And just tell the caregiver exactly what happened. They'll be able to handle it. It may take some longer than others. Some will forgive. Some won't. But the veterinarian will have done his or her ethical or moral duty at that point.
0: And, you know, I the reason we're together is because my practice helps people have these conversations, gives a place for these conversations to be had so that litigation doesn't ensue, but that veterinarians learn what they did right and wrong. Clients learn what they could have done to advocate or to understand or whatever it is to fulfill their knowledge. It's a knowledge-based uh, problem where we want to know what goes on and we want to know how we can communicate with our veterinarians so, A, they feel as if this is a partnership. Today, when I spoke to the veterinarian attorney, she said, you know, I'm a big um, proponent of client communication. It is key. If you don't communicate with your client from the start to the finish and ask curious questions that help you understand a pet so much better, um, then the client's never gonna feel as if you know their pet and they don't know you. So teaching veterinarians, that skill is huge. I'm out there doing that, as you know, Scott, every day at my vet conferences and and all the programs I put on on how vets can really um, communicate with their clients. But I'm also helping clients learn how to communicate. And I think that's what this book will help vet boards and veterinary schools understand is that there is a duty on the veterinarian to communicate transparently with their client. And then together, you and I have worked you know, to try to figure out how to help clients um, speak transparently and inquisitively without defensiveness to the veterinarian.
1: Absolutely. And I I know that is an issue on the other side as well. Some uh, caregivers don't have those skills. And uh, if they did, that would improve this overall scenario that much more.
0: It's interesting because today it was something I had never even thought about. And you'll understand. So the veterinarian said, I make my pet owners put their phones away when they're in the office with me so that when I ask them questions, they're really paying attention. Unless they have information they need to share that's on their phone, like they took a video of a dog wobbling or something, they go, because I have been there taking their their dog's heart rate and everything else, and the people aren't even paying attention. And I feel so disrespected. So this, this um, partnership has to start from the beginning when you walk into the room. What do you think, Scott?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a two-way street. I mean, if there has to be open, honest communication both ways, yep. um, You know, and 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 one caregiver that had a we had a conversation the other day, and um, you know, we're all always looking to disabuse ourselves from the notion that pets are property and move them toward a, a more sentient. Uh, level of uh, existence. And, and, you know, we we were all looking for that. So this one caregiver said to me, you know, I, my vet wanted to do something for 80 bucks and I asked him if they could do something for 40. I said, why would you do that? I mean, you know, we are trying to elevate our, our loved ones to the level of human. And maybe we will one day, maybe we won't, but by doing things like that, you're kind of pushing back the other way. That's just my own personal perspective on that. Well, that's a perfect Um,
0: observation because, you know, especially now with people having been out of work and things, people are being criticized for not spending on their pets or, um, and you don't really walk in their shoes. So you have to say, okay, so you want to ask for 40. So when I talk to the veterinarians, when they say, can you believe that somebody asked for something for 40 when I told them it cost them 80 and they're always chiseling for money. And I go, well, the way to respond to that is to say, let me know. Um, what's going on for you because there may be something going on for them and they can't afford 80 they can only afford 40 and they're a little embarrassed to tell you so say well tell me a little bit more about why you're inquiring that way because if it's a matter of you know finances because you're out of work or whatever we have a fund or whatever we can put you in touch with a fund we can hook you up with care credit whatever it is so that you know you understand where the pet owner is coming from. but again Scott that's about communicating and being being transparent for everyone because I don't want to be thought of as a cheapskate. But if I can't put food on the table for my kids, I might really ask about the $40 thing for my dog. And,
1: that, and that's exactly my point, Deborah. you know, that goes to open communication, honest communication, and maybe there is a, a real solution on both sides.
0: Yeah, there absolutely is, and it all starts with things like this, where we communicate together, where we bring this concern to the forefront on why do pets matter. I am so glad you're back here. It's Joey's legacy, seeking truth and integrity in veterinary medicine. It's a book by J. L. Rob. It's coming out in December, and I want the three takeaways to be that you know, caring and competency for each individual, um, profound love for the animals is in both camps, both the owner and the veterinarian, um, and really want to be transparent, accountable, honest, have integrity, have competency, be truthful on both sides. So so we are both advocating the same thing as we have forever, Scott, which is why you got started with uh, Joey's Legacy, because I really do want everyone to be accountable and have that conversation in a less- defensive amygdala way and in a more prefrontal cortex you know let's keep the focus on what's best for this pet um up front and and really trust in each other and of course that trust is built with transparency and integrity
1: absolutely uh, can i mention my website
0: absolutely please do
1: so anyone that would like some more information uh, you'll be able to navigate to a, a really fantastic website which i believe is almost completed, uh, maybe by tonight or tomorrow, uh, JL's daughter, Erica Robb is a fantastic, fantastically creative person. And, uh, I saw the preview of the website. It looks fantastic. So they go to www.joey'slegacy.org, joey'slegacy.org. And we'll, uh, we we'll, we have our, uh, homepage. We have all of our vet experts. We have our attorneys, Uh, And several other pages that you may be interested in and anyone that needs assistance with, uh, with allegations of veterinary negligence, use the contact page, contact me. I'm really good about getting back to to the, uh, to people uh, pretty quickly. And uh, we can normally, uh, you know, refer them to our vet team and to the attorney in the state where the alleged allegation where the uh, alleged negligence occurred. And uh, more often than not, we have a successful outcome for them.
0: And that's the bottom line. And everyone will learn from that successful outcome. And for full transparency, I believe I'm on that list because I help mediate these kind of conflicts. And absolutely, I'm so glad, Scott, that you came back. I'm so grateful. I'm so thrilled that this book is going to come out at the end of the year. As Scott told you, you can pre-order it. You can go to www joeyslegacy.org they will be in the show notes the name of the book will be in the show notes so you can make sure that you get this book hot off the press scott thank you so much for coming
1: uh, deborah my pleasure and uh, happy to talk to you at any time
0: great this is deborah hamilton why do pets matter and hamilton law and mediation please join us next time for another discussion of why do pets matter The Why Do Pets Matter podcast drops every Thursday and can be found on whichever platform you find your podcasts. Subscribe now, invite your friends, and I cannot wait to have you join me in these conversations.